will now be hearing from Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judah, during the time to Jerusalem, and asked, where is the baby born to be the king of the Jews? He saw the star, and it came up in the east, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was very upset, and so everyone else, and so was everyone else in Jerusalem. He called together all the chief priests and all the teachers of the law and asked them, where will the Messiah be born? In the town of Bethlehem in Judah, they answered, for this is what the prophet wrote. Bethlehem is the land of Judah and are by no means the least of the leading cities of Judah. For from you will come a leader who will guide my people Israel. So Herod called the visitors from the east to a secret meeting and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem with these instructions. Go and make careful search for the child and when you find him let me know so that I may too go and worship him. So they left and on their way they saw the same star they had seen in the east. When they saw it how happy they were what joy was theirs. It went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. They went into the house, and when they saw the child with his mother Mary, they knelt down and worshipped him. They brought out their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and presented them to him. When they returned to their country by another, when they returned to their country by another road, since God had warned them in the dream not to go back to Herod. Um, let's bow our heads. Oh Lord, we thank you, Father, for this season where we just can't forget Jesus. Oh Lord, write your words on our hearts that Jesus will be on our hearts, not just at Christmas and Easter, but always we pray, Father. Amen. And I've got a question for you guys. You older people might not want to answer the question. Please tell me, put your hand up, if you were born on Christmas Day. Everybody here was born on Christmas Day? I need that too. Anybody born on Christmas Day? Okay, how about the 24th? How about the 26th? How far would we have to go? 23rd? 27th? One more. The 22nd? Or the 28th of December. Oh, we've got two, two. How's it been, India? Having a birthday so close to Christmas. Bit of a rip-off. <laughs> Say that a bit louder for us, please. It's a bit of a rip-off. Bit of a rip-off. <laughs> my, my wife has her birthday on Boxing Day. Well, that's Yeah, same deal. She says that. And it's always been my responsibility for the 36, 37 years I've been married to make sure she doesn't have a Christmas cake for her birthday cake. <laughs> and it's really, really hard when you've got my skills to buy a Christmas cake on the 24th and have it still fresh on the 26th. Anyway, that's just a 
That's just a little pain I bear, but I was quite strong about it. My wife, bless her cotton socks, she's not here to defend herself, so I can probably get off with murder at the moment. Um, she doesn't like 26 either. She probably used those words that you said, a rip-off. Well, I want to look at the problem of being a single parent, a single present sufferer. Have we got that up on... She's not up there. See, there's a lot of angst from a birthday that he shared with Jesus. Seems sad, isn't it, that there's angst with a birthday shared with Jesus. So I've got this little story that I know that's true about a mate of a mate. So we'll talk about this fella who was born on Christmas Day, but it's not Jesus. Because this fella who was born on Christmas Day, this fella who was born on Christmas Day, is a single present sufferer and he wakes up December 25th and he's sad. Who would like to wake up and be sad at Christmas time? Who would like to wake up and be happy at Christmas time? I reckon that's more the truth, isn't it? So this man finds himself <coughs> wanting to change the date of Christmas. Now, this is true. He wants to change the date of Christmas. But the problem is, in his, uh, his selfishness, in his angst, in his sadness, he could change the date of Christmas to March 18. Well, then everybody on March 18 is going to have the same problem as everybody on December 25th. Makes sense, doesn't it? All he's done is shifted away. Shifted away from him. So I thought I'd do a bit, a bit of homework how we could change the date of Christianity, the date of uh, Christmas, sorry. So let's, um, let's do a little bit of exploration about changing the date of Christmas. So the earliest source stating December 25 as the date of the, date of the birth of Jesus is likely to be Hippolytus. Do you like that name? Hippolytus? It's, rolls off your tongue, doesn't it? Hippolytus of Rome. And this was written very early in the 3rd century. So that just means you know, 210 AD, something like that. And it was based on the assumption that the conception of Jesus took place at the spring equinox. Don't forget this is Northern Hemisphere. Which he placed on the 25th of March. And then quite cleverly just added nine months. So he got to December 25th. But as I studied this, and it fascinated me as I, as I tried to work this through, there exists a range of thinking that support years between 7 BC through to 7 AD. So there's a 14-year range that Jesus could have been born in anyway before they can set the date. It is likely that Jesus was not born on the 25th of December because that is the dead of winter and the shepherds would not have been on a hillside with their flock night. Also, if it was December 25th, the dead of winter there in the Northern Hemisphere, the census would not be conducted that Mary and Joseph had to go to because the weather would not have permitted all the travel that was involved to get to Bethlehem. The temperatures could often drop well below freezing. The weather would have made it very difficult for Mary to travel if it was on December 25th remembering that she was heavily pregnant. So, 
Scientists have also had a look at the, uh, the problem of dating the birth of Jesus. Using computer models of the stars and the planets as they pass through the skies, uh, scientists have determined Jesus' birth occurred on June 17 in the year 2 BC. Now, I'm pretty happy with that because that's closer to my birthday, but it's not too close to being convenient. <laughs> Nailed it. June 7th, 10 days after I was born. Now, that's what some computer modelling does for scientists. Other researchers have claimed that a similar astronomical conjunction, that is, stars and planets aligning, one between Saturn and Jupiter, occurred in October 7th BC. In October 7, sorry, in October in 7 BC, but no date given. Therefore, Jesus was going to be an autumn baby. Now, just to keep it all fair, so no seasons are lost, some theologians also suggest a spring birth from the biblical narratives. But the real truth is that no date is clear. The Father in heaven has hidden that information from all mankind. Now, anybody got any reason why we wouldn't know of Jesus' date and day of birth? Anybody give me a hint? Why has God left this, this covered, this out of sight? It's like at Noah's Ark. It's, it's around, but you can't get access to it. Why does God do these things? Who's got a guess? Okay, here's my guess. Is this working or not? Here's my guess. <laughs> so often, people find things of great antiquity and then they want to treasure it because it becomes important from the event in great antiquity. Now, to my mind, I remember much discussion over splinters of wood. But it could be from the cross. Has everybody heard discussion about splinters of wood from the cross? Thanks. Now why is the cross hidden? Why is the Ark of the Covenant hidden? Why can't we get to, to Noah's Ark? It's up there in Turkey. Because what we will do as humans, we'll worship the object. We won't worship the reason for the object. So my guess is, why was Christmas Day hidden? Because it would become a day of the worship of that day. It wouldn't be any longer about Jesus, it would be about the fact that this is the day that Jesus was born. And it could refocus our worship. That's the nature of the human heart. So, you may disagree with me, you may agree with me, but that seems to make sense why such an important date has been lost in time, or never recorded in time, because the date itself would then become the object of, work, object of worship. So the main focus of the New Testament writers is not the date of Jesus' birth, we can read that, but that God the Father has sent his Son at just the right time in, in all of history to accomplish his saving purposes and thus fulfil his promises. He doesn't want us to become consumed with the details of the narrative he wants us to become consumed with Jesus, who came at just the right time. Now, that's another curious thing to me. It seems that if the Lord had a brought, um, the Father had a sent Jesus around now, 
he would have been on Facebook in a heartbeat. And he would have been being tweeted about. And all this other mass communication would have spread across the earth in a heartbeat. But for some reason that God knows it was the right time to send Jesus. The Apostle Paul proclaimed, When the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. There was the right time, and whether it was 7 BC or 7 AD, whether it's December the 25th or June the 7th, that's important date, remember that one, um, it doesn't matter, because Jesus was born to be worshipped, not the, the story about him. But the absence of a true birth date is of little consequence or encouragement to those who share this birth date with Jesus. For who would want to become a single present sufferer, never getting the correct supply of presents? And I can add, never getting the, supply, the correct supply of cake. <laughs> so how do we correct this malaise? Well, this friend of ours has been searching uh, the internet to find a better date that he can put Jesus' birthday on. How can we correct this malaise? How can we relieve the problem? How can we scratch this fella's itch? Because changing the date just doesn't work. Even if we could change the date for some, uh, with some factual, factual uh, guarantee, it's not going to work. It's just going to fall on one of your birthdays or, or one of our birthdays. So maybe here's a healthier rethink. So imagine that you're the person who's the single present sufferer. Every time you, you, you have your birthday, it's Christmas Day, and your friends give you, or your mum and dad give you a present, so that's for your birthday, and it's for Christmas too. And they tell you it's a bigger present that you normally got, than you would have normally got. But you've never known what normal was because you were always born on Christmas Day. So then you're thinking you've been cheated. Or other people might say ripped off. So how do we, how do we make a healthier result occur when, you, when these circumstances arise? Imagine, <coughs> excuse me, imagine a circumstance where there are no presents for anyone at Christmas. This is the reality for most of the world. With the average wage of $2 per day, families in poorer countries consider fresh bread on the 25th of December as the one luxury they can look forward to. Now, I've been to some parts, of, some of these poor parts of the world now, and uh, I don't doubt that. $2 a day would be luxury. So is this a better focus? If you're a single present sufferer and you know the rest of the world are living on $2 a day, maybe you can think one present's all right. Does that, that sound fair? Yeah, I think it does to me. I'm not the single present sufferer. So another point we could make for a healthier rethink. Imagine how God must have felt on that first Christmas as his son is born upon earth knowing the fate that awaited his only son at the end of his earthly journey. I reckon God the Father had to be in tears knowing where his son was going to. It's hard enough when these things happen and we don't know that it's going to happen. God the Father knew. Now, we are made in the image of God. So the emotions we have, he too has. I can't imagine him not being sad that his only son was coming to earth 
33 years later, he would be nailed to a cross because it was the cradle that took him to the cross. If there was no cradle, there would never have been any cross. So the step started at the cradle. That first Christmas, Jesus moved from heaven to horror. Now, the Father in heaven knew that was happening. Jesus is in heaven, he's in paradise, he's got everything perfectly good, doesn't even have to go to sleep at night because he doesn't get tired because it's no night. Never run out of food. Got the river of life you can swim in forever, the tree of life you can eat from forever. There's nobody angry, greedy, selfish or anything like that in heaven. The place is perfect. There is Jesus leaving paradise to come to that which was a horrifying thing for those who hadn't been. Now, that first Christmas moved Jesus from heaven so we could be forgiven and then live with him always. So it seems to me that if the first reason why, why, that we can speak to the single present sufferer didn't work, this is a better one. This is sure better because this is about the selflessness of God and the pain he went through for December the 25th or whatever date it is. Now, just a third and final point. Imagine the ability to focus more on the joy he brought to others by giving. By, by giving. Now, see, if Christmas for me is about what I receive and cheer about what I receive, I'm never going to get the ability to focus on the joy of giving, am I? Because my, my, my mind is consumed with my getting, not with my giving. So rather than the angst the, the Jesus, the, the, sorry, rather than the angst Jesus creates through his own lack of receiving, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I think we know that, don't we? That's an old verse that's been quoted from Acts for a long, long time. It is more blessed to give than receive. Now, we live in a world that tells us it's better to receive than to give. And it's been like that for a long time. But it's not true. So I'd say to my friend who's a single present sufferer that it's more blessed to give than to receive. That might change his mind, it might not change his mind, but it's true. And you'll know that yourselves as well. So is it right then that this, uh, this acquaintance of mine becomes demoralised or not because he's a single present sufferer? Perhaps becoming demoralised is just human nature. And I'm kidding myself. After all, it is easy to look down your nose at a 25th of December sufferer, single present sufferer, when you are born on, say, the 18th of March and you are a bonus present beneficiary. Can you see the conflict? A single present, a single present sufferer is not going to be understood by a bonus present beneficiary. Because we're in exactly the opposite court, aren't we? So it's easy for me, who has my birthday in the middle of the year, to say, bad luck, mate, suck it up, single present sufferer. Because I can't imagine how bad that can be. And I would not say that to my wife either. Surely no one could wake up Christmas morning angered yet again by Jesus' birthday. That's the bottom line on this one to me. Surely no one could wake up Christmas morning thinking, oh, another day I'll lose, another day I can't win from. Well, let's tie this all together. A final thought for my lucky school friend. And this is probably a reflection upon how he thinks. 
The gift of Christ means that my friend actually does receive two presents at Christmas. It's just that he leaves one of them under the tree and he never opens it. He'll get the present he'll get from his relatives, his loved ones, but there's still a present left under the tree. Ironically, this gift is still to be opened and is worth more than all the treasures on earth. So I wonder why he doesn't open the present that's left under the tree. Maybe it's just the plain wrapping that it comes in is what diverts his attention. Could that not sum up the birth of Jesus? The plain wrapping that he comes in, many would miss that he was a true Messiah. Let's bow our heads. Our Lord, we thank you that we have not missed your humble beginnings, your humble life and your terrifying death. We are here, Lord, because we've unwrapped that present. Our Lord, let it always stay unwrapped in our life, that each day we draw ever more closer to Jesus and ever more dearer in knowing him, Father. Amen.